Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. And we thank you so much for all the support, for following us online, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And today is going to be a great episode. So today, we, uh, we're we picking up where the last episode mm-hmm. left off. Actually, you you kind of surprised me. Like, we were doing the last episode. It was going along great. And then you said, I think we should do this in the next episode. And I was like... <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Yeah. Kinda yeah. Well, we don't want to we don't want to bore you guys and go on and on and on for too long in a single episode. So I realized, man, we had gone. We only want to bore you for a short episode. A short episode. <laughs> yes. Only a short episode. So we try to keep it to, you know, 30 minutes or under. And we were like already over that. So I was like, let's just, you know, we don't want to keep you an hour. It was a good stopping place. Yep. So, but good this, stopping place. this is where we want to pick up because. Uh, last time we were talking about the biblical concept of leaving and cleaving in marriage and what that looks like for a newlywed, and we, we talked to newlyweds about kind of how you navigate that and um, what that looks like for you, and uh, we are called as a married couple to leave our family of origin and cleave or stick to or... So, yeah, that's what we said. If yeah. you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, go back and listen to it, but... We'll kind of catch you up um, in scripture when it tells to leave and cleave um, that we understand what the word leave means and uh, leave to a uh, to a newlywed means to be financially independent, emotionally independent, um, choose your spouse. Mm-hmm. These are all things from the last episode, but that word cleave, we don't usually use a lot Mm -hmm. and it means to stick to basically it's that image of super glue Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're called to bond with our spouse and it's very difficult to bond with our spouse when we haven't properly left, cut the connection, cut the the umbilical cord, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, from your, from your parents. And so, but today we really want to pick up and talk to parents who are faced with um, their grown children that you've invested in their entire lives. You've, you've seen them born, you've, or you've adopted them, or you've, um, you know, you've brought them into your family at some point, and you've invested and poured your life into them. You've protected them. You've, you've paid for everything. You've um, taught them everything you know, and now they are looking at you going, hey, mom and dad, I love somebody else more than I love you. (laughs) And that's hard. Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, that's the day that our child is like, uh, I I love somebody more than, you know, my son looks at me and like, I love another girl more than I love you. It's like, oh. Yeah. But but it's a natural process God's created, and that's, but it doesn't make it any easier. better not be codependent when that day comes. Oh. Oh. Do, Do the work now. Yeah, because if your identity is in... Your parenting of that child, it is going to be devastating to to let them go and and letting your child launch, not just letting them launch, but helping them, nudging them, yeah. encouraging them to move to move that um, dependence on you mm-hmm. to a dependence and a an interdependence on mm-hmm. someone else that they're their first phone call instead of you. Yeah, I remember. So I mentioned in the last episode we got married in college, and so we lived. At, at school, 
uh, as college students, our first year of marriage. And we had a little apartment. We made next to nothing. And our parents did help us that first year. And they had said, we had committed to getting you through college. And so we'll do what we were going to do anyway. So they helped us with the insurance and all that first year of marriage, which that last year of college. And, um, and man, we were so proud in our grown upness because that's a word. And I'll never forget your grandparents. Your grandmama said, well, they just play in house. <laughs> and man, the, I mean, that it irritated oh. me because I was like, no, I'm not. I'm an adult. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I'm not playing house. Yeah. But and, and in reality, there was some truth to that. We hadn't fully let go yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't fully funding our lives. We mm-hmm. were in school, kind of. I look back now, 26 year, years later, we were kind of playing house that yeah. first year because we hadn't fully left and cleft. That's that's conjugated. It's, okay. it's complicated mm-hmm. English. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so that's true. But And we want to acknowledge before we start talking to parents, you know, we're parents and we're not in that season. And one day, this is going to be really hard. And so if you're going through that, I can imagine there's it's just a flood of emotions. There's so much. It's, it can be a painful process. I don't know. Sometimes I hear pe- people who say, my kid's going off to college, and God prepared me for that. It was it was time to let them go f- fly, little birdie, fly. Yeah, sometimes, God, you know, when they're little and they're babies and they're, oh, they're loving and they're so cute and they want you, mm-hmm. and then God does this natural separation. Separation. But and you want that to go good and smooth and not like sandpaper, but yeah. sometimes it does. But you can sometimes be grasping for that relationship, grasping to to continue to hold on to that, um, and and that's hard. So you've you've always wanted the very best for your child. You've wanted to protect them and to nurture them and make life great for them, and it's that stewardship for eighteen to twenty plus years, and now you're faced with. How do I lovingly support my children in the process of leaving me? Mm-hmm. And you're you're and they, you're trying to help them leave you, um, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to talk about today. It's now time for seriously funny dad jokes told by a mom. Okay, I'm going to tell some jokes, and you're going to laugh. Okay. Does that make a mom jokes? <laughs> we'll see. So. <laughs> What's brown and sticky? Oh Poop. gosh! Oh, Kobe's <laughs> back. A, a stick. A stick. Yes, a uh, stick. stick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Why did the picture go to jail? Why? Because it was uh, behind bars. It was framed. Uh, oh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was good. That's right. What did Adam say to Eve on Christmas? Merry Christmas what? Eve. What was that? It's what Christmas. You'll it, find out. It's Christmas Eve. Oh, it's Eve. Christmas Eve. Oh, I almost got that. I, I get almost, it. I, okay. I was close. So, what is Marco's favorite clothing store? Who, who? Marco's. What is Marco's favorite clothing store? Uh, I don't know Marco's. Clothing store. Polo. Oh. Polo. <laughs> <laughs> Marco. Polo. Uh, hey, want to hear a joke about paper? Uh, Never mind. Sure. It's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, I got one more. I have a construction joke, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Barney. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so today we're talking about how to help your kids launch. And we live, uh, we live here in the country on a farm 
And man, there are so many little critters around, mm-hmm. you know. So we've got some horses in the back. We have a donkey. We're getting goats. I know. I can't wait till we get those goats. We'll post pictures when they come. A little baby dwarf goats are going to be cute. But, um, but it, this time of year, there's birds nesting everywhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is a pain in the butt. Matter of fact, I was working out in the barn for days on end. So the big barn doors were open and these birds flew in and made a nest up in there. And uh, and I had to tear their nest mm-hmm. down. They didn't have little eggs or anything. Which yet, is so. good because I found out it is illegal in Georgia to tear down one of those swallow nests, those dirt d- oh, kind yeah, of nests yeah. that has eggs in it. It's well, I, I don't think I could bring myself to no, do it. No, I know. You know. That would just be mean. But, so Because they're gone that? after a yeah. while. I didn't know that. I mean, no. you're gonna, you would turn me in, wouldn't you? <laughs> so um, They're cute when they... We, we watched them last year. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, but man, when they when those little babies get up to a certain size and mm-hmm. those cute little mouths, I mean they're real cute at mm-hmm. first. But then um, those mamas, what do they do? Oh, they push them out. They push them out of those nests, mm-hmm. and they don't try to hang on, and oh. they they push them out, and they never come back. And that's kind of a great image of what really biblically mm-hmm. needs to happen. You know, yeah. What parents need to do. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that that biblical concept. You know, we we said that you know, Scripture says that it's biblical and um, that it, it's God's design that a husband leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and become one flesh. And so, for us as parents, you know, we've done that. We've done that to, with each other. We have left our families and we become one flesh. But now, mm-hmm. how do we help our child do that? Because it's hard. And so for us to interfere with that process is keeping our child from mm-hmm. having a God-honoring marriage. Mm-hmm. For us to get in the middle of their cleaving process and their leaving process is is sinful. Yeah. And so... I see, I see a lot of parents that do so great the first 20-something years. Mm-hmm. And they can't handle this. They can't do this launching part right. Mm-hmm. And it really just undermines everything they've they've done. They've worked towards. Yep. So parents of newlyweds, or if you if you've had children for a long time, you might not even realize that you've been oppressing them for sure. some of their married life. But if you want your kids to have a shot at a successful marriage, and and if you want a good relationship with your grown children and your grandchildren, this is there's some things we want to say to you today that will help that. Um, one thing you got to re- remember when you're going through the the wedding process is <laughs> your relationship with your future um, daughter-in-law or son-in-law. They hold the key to your child's heart now. You don't. And how you handle this process might be might determine how much you get to see your grandchildren. I want to say <laughs> that to every because we Bonnie and I teaching the premarital and then me officiating a lot of weddings, we kind of get to stand on the outside Mm -hmm. and we have somewhat of a voice in a little bit of a voice in, especially to the kids. I really want to start having a class for the parents. Yeah. And I, I would bring in somebody that's walked through it to really teach that with us. But man, I want to have those conversations because I want to say to those parents, be careful how you treat that girl or Mm -hmm. be careful how you treat your daughter's you know, fiance, they hold the key mm-hmm. to your relationship with them and your relationship to your grandbabies. That's right. So if you're smart, you'll play this thing the right way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So what are some things that we would say to them? Let's talk about some things. Um, parents, as you're 
I know you're, you might even be in the wedding planning process or you're, you're, um, your kids are in this first year or so. Here's some things we want to say to you. One, stop putting expectations on them to continue being your child. Man, we, we hit this on the podcast a lot when it deals with marriage. We did one uh, a few episodes ago about expectations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your, our, our job as parents is to expect for our children. I told Colby the other day, he's, you know, he's 10. He's thinking about what he wants to be when he grows up. And I said, buddy, you know my expectations for you. He's wearing these expectations. that We have mm. these great, grandiose dreams of him being a professional baseball <laughs> player. And I really don't because I know that's literally not you know, <laughs> right. going to happen. Um, I told him, I said, buddy, you know, I want you to grow up and I want you to love God. And I want you, in turn, because you love God, love people, and I want you to live sent. I mean, I want you to share the love of Jesus with other people. That's a, mm-hmm. that's kind of one of our mis- our mission in our church, how we accomplish our mission. And that's what I want for him. Mm-hmm. I said, outside of that, you know, it, in the same way with our kids when they get married, is my expectation for you is to have a, a godly marriage, be a godly husband, yeah. a godly wife. You know, other than that, outside of that, I'd love for them to have a relationship with me, but that's that will depend on how I treat them in the next, you know, 10 years. That's exactly right. You hold the key. We hold the key to that, yeah. how much they want to come back. When their kid, when our kids are little, like, like our kids are even, they, they don't have a choice mm-hmm. about the relationship they have with us. Right. When they get grown and get married, they have a choice. Mm-hmm. And how you spend the first 18 years with your kid will determine if they choose to keep you in their life mm-hmm. afterwards when well, they're married. And when, as they get grown, you, you've got to stop. They have been your child all this time, and you've had that responsibility for them. But when they get married, you've got to stop expecting them to act like your child. Right. You you have to understand their new responsibility is to become a man or a woman now mm-hmm. who has responsibilities towards their spouse. Mm-hmm. And we can't expect them to obey us like a child. Right. And, and to even choose our preferences like they did when they were children it's like we you know as long as I'm providing for you it's kind of like you're under my roof you have to do these things when they're out from under your roof they don't have to do those things anymore and you need to stop making them feel like they have to so great example of that so we're not um we're not big Halloween people right we're not Halloweenies um, and, and we won't get into why it's not, it's not a hill to die. It's not a big thing, but for our family, we've just chosen yeah. not to. And, um, and so, well, Colby, you know, they're, they're friends at school do it and we yeah. knew, you know, so, and, uh, they, they, they understand, they don't understand. I'm like, that's eh, okay, buddy. And he said, well, dad, what if one day me and my wife want to do Halloween with your, with our kids? I said, well, well buddy, that, then that you can totally do that. Yeah. I said, that's. That'll be your life then. I mean, while you're here in our family, then mom and I get to parent you guys and lead our family in the way we feel like God's telling us to lead you. When you get a family of your own, those decisions become yours. That's right. And I'll respect you for those decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'll still steal your Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah. it yes, yeah. stop putting those expectations on them of who they'll become or the kind of relationship they'll have with you and your family. Well, that really leads into the second one, which is stop placing demands on them that will pull them away from their new family Mm -hmm. Um, or time with their new family or even demands on 
your their new family mm-hmm. um, of how you expect them where you expect them to be, when you expect them to be there. And, you know, we're, we're doing this, so you will be there. Yeah. You know, you need to come to this or your, your sibling is doing this. So you have to be there. It's, it's great if you invite, Mm -hmm. but don't put a demand that might place a time, you know, they might have to choose between you or something that's going on with their family, with their, with their spouse. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes those demands, they're not always overt. Right. They might be a little. Uh, mm. It's a it's a weird manipula. It's a it's yeah. an accidental manipulation. Yeah. Maybe you don't even intend to. You express your desire in a way that feels press like pressure. Yeah. Or you expect your disappointment. Express your disappointment when they say they can't come mm-hmm. in such a way. Mm-hmm. That puts these expectations on them, yep. and uh, and those demands. It, well, it's kind of like that. It's so something you need to understand is that your fight to keep that closeness and to keep them coming back and keeping them close is only going to suffocate them and make them resentful of you mm-hmm. and try to pull away even harder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, the donkey. So we've got uh, this donkey Clover and our neighbor. Um, Good friends across the street, neighbor, they board their horses and other animals on some of our land. And uh, there was a donkey back there. And mm-hmm. we, we really liked the donkey and felt sorry for the donkey because the horses would kind of pick on him and pick on her and all that kind of stuff. And so our neighbor came over and he was, Josie was out and he said, Josie, I'm trying to find somebody that might want that donkey. You know anybody that might want it? And she's like, I want it, I want it. So <laughs> they gave us Clover, the donkey. And so we've had a good time. Uh, with her and but Clover you could tell in her previous owners uh, he said were kind of rough with her and she mm-hmm. she really has a something against uh, a man and it may be that every man that comes towards her has a rope in his hand is going to rope her and tie her and you know or <laughs> or, or shave her, or hooves, shave her or hooves or something you know and that's knows? that's what she has with men so she doesn't she doesn't respond to me now Colby oh, oh. man she loves Colby she will it's He's the, the donkey whisperer. sweetest thing <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she loves you too now. And um, yes, but I've worked at that. Yes, you've worked very hard. So for me, when I go out there, if I try to push too hard to pet her or get in the uh, arena and try to, she she kind of walks the other way. She does not want to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. However, if I stand at the fence and I just talk sweet to her and I got some you know some feed in my hand and I don't try to push, guess what happens? She comes. She to comes you. right up and mm-hmm. she'll let me. She'll let me pet her with a, you know, especially if I'm on the other side of the fence. She'll eat out of my hand. Because there's boundaries. There's boundaries. And we've developed this good little relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's a great picture of, I think, the way parents need to handle uh, your grown married kids, especially newlyweds, Mm -hmm. is if you get in that arena with them and you try to push too hard and put demands and try to rope them in, Mm. you're, you one, I think you're being being unbiblical Mm -hmm. i really think you're being disobedient Mm -hmm. um but you're going to just push them away yeah and uh and so you need to be there in a supportive role i try to say it every wedding when i get it towards the end when i pronounce them right before i pronounce a man and wife i'll say that you know you have begun a new family Mm -hmm. you're no longer a part of your your uh your biological those that your family there family of origin and family of origin thank you you've begun a new family and i said parents and friends here's your job our job as friends and and parents is to love and support them Mm -hmm. that's it stand there with some feet in your hand and 
talk nice to them. If they want to come eat out of your hand, good. Hand, it's if, there. If not, then yeah. that's all right. I'll tell you one of the best things that, that uh, great example for this is of not putting the demands that pull them away is when your daddy died. And mm. uh, we go to the house, and Bonnie's daddy passed unexpectedly in an accident on the farm. And that evening, we're all just sitting around, and, you know, we're all kind of crying, telling stories of Mr. Jim and all that. And really, it was a sweet time, but a, a, a morn, morning time. And your mom said, now, I want you all to know, Jim taught me how to do everything I need to do on this farm. I know how to work the tractors. I need to do all that. Y'all... You know, do what you do, need to do here and be with me, the, you know, for a couple of days around the funeral. But after that, y'all need to go home. Mm-hmm. God has called you to your family. Do not, don't mm-hmm. you forsake your family taking care of me. I'll be That's fine. Right. She sure did. And uh, and I was like, wow. Yeah. You know. It was amazing. And and there and I think she genuinely had that expectation. I think if we had stayed too long, she would have said, "Would you please go home?" Mm-hmm. She also likes some privacy. Yeah, <laughs> but, I but, told my mom that. And she said, "Y'all don't expect that out of me. I'm going to need y'all there with me." <laughs> we died. Laughing. That's funny, but but you know that's that is a biblical thing. It's like, look, I am not your family anymore. Primarily, I'm here. I love you. I want you around, but. You've got a new family. That's, that's right. your family. You need to take care of. That's important. And so, yeah. um, so then number three, here's another word to you, parents: lovingly guide them when they ask. Uh, and you have bolded there when they ask. Mm-hmm. But but don't butt in. Mm-mm. I mean, I think that's the stay available without interfering. It's mm-hmm. the holding. It's the picture of you know, you holding the feet out mm-hmm. like here it is if you need it i've got advice for you i've got love for you i i will help you if you ask if you want to come close enough to mm-hmm. to do that great if not i'm just i'm just here holding holding my hand out the the relationship's always open always available always open and available if you now you don't want to let your grown children take advantage of you either i no. do want to say that sometimes parents will t- they want the relationship so bad they allow their grown children to take advantage of them and that's not right either Mm-mm. don't do that to yourself i mean don't allow your grown children to dump their children on you so much that they're off living the, their own life sure. and you're raising their children you're doing it that's not biblical either mm-hmm. you want them to be independent mm-hmm. and not so interdependent on you just because you want that relationship but you're there to lovingly offer guidance um, mm-hmm. encouragement and and wise counsel godly counsel and um, when you do offer counsel, if it's not asked for, you've got to word that right. Yeah. You've got to find the right time, the right way mm-hmm. to offer that counsel. Mm-hmm. And um, that's always important. Well, and the other part of that is when you do offer it, they may or may not take it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard sometimes to express, a, you know, you be careful not to express too much disapproval if they yeah. don't do the things the way you would do them yeah. or the way that you've offered your counsel mm-hmm. because um, they might not come to you again if you keep if you make them feel like they you know yeah. didn't do it your way so no, never and, mind. and this is and we tell couples this when they're dealing with conflict 80 to 90 percent of the stuff and I, that is a statistic that I really just made up <laughs> but most of the things we deal with in conflict, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just opinion. It's the way I like to do it. Unless you're dealing with a, a biblical moral issue or, or mandate from Scripture, 
it's really just an opinion and it, yeah. and there's a why there may be wisdom in it but if you offer that to your your child and they choose to take another route well okay maybe it maybe it it is the right way to do it or mm-hmm. or it's the wise way to do it but guess what they won't do it wrong again well and and maybe it didn't they didn't take your advice and your wisdom and they failed yeah which that's the so fourth that leads thing. us to the fourth thing the fourth thing is let them fail or succeed on their own differently than you did. Mm-hmm. And and think back on your marriage and all the ways you failed. Mm. And, and, you know, as parents, we want to keep our kids from failing. But, man, I tell you, there's sometimes I just look for ways to trip my kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they got it too easy, right? I read this thing, and this was really so good. Um, it said, the formula for success is quite simple. Double your rate of failure. Mm. Isn't that interesting? He says, this days we're often taught that the key to success is double our rate of, of failure. We're, we're, we aren't often taught. We're never taught that the key to the success is double our rate of failure. On the contrary, we're taught to avoid failure like the plague. Mm. You probably heard the expression, failure is not an option. Oh, really? Well, here's a reality check. Failure had better be the first ingredient because whether or not you consider it an option it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you go through life with a philosophy that failure is not an option, then you're never going to have any opportunities to learn. Wow. And um, that's and that's good. so true. Be willing to let your kids fail. And mm-hmm. and guess what? They're going to fail sometimes when they do take your advice. They're going to fail sometimes when they don't. But when they fail, don't be one of those people that take this as an opportunity to say, I told you so. Right. Take this opportunity to say, you know what, I love you. You know, we'll do it differently next time. Yeah. Well, and if they fail, they might not want to come and tell that to you if they feel like That's you're going to be like, well, you should have done it this way. They're, they, it closes off that relationship that you want with them. As a, as a grown-up, I'll say one of the greatest joys for me as an adult is that my mom is my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's because she allowed me to become an adult Mm -hmm. and let me do, you know, become a wife. And, and now I go to her and ask her, how do I do that? I've started a garden this year and Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about that, but she knows all about that. So I call her all the time. How do I do this? Or how do I cook that? Or she loves it. And yeah. And it's a joy to have that relationship with her. You love it. I do. And it's just that it's because of the sweet time we're in, in that season, because I feel like she has allowed me to become a grown woman. Yeah. Um, and I think one of those things you've got to understand is that if you, you've, you've raised your child to, you want them to succeed, and what do you want them to succeed most at in life is their relationship with the Lord and their relationship with their spouse. But if you're constantly interfering in their marriage or offering, overstepping boundaries with your, with your grown child, you're going to cause unintentionally out of your love for them and unintentional, you want them to succeed, but you're going to most likely cause conflict in their marriage um, that you're, they're going to have to unravel yeah. because you've interfered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a, got a guy I work with. He has two grown daughters that recently married in the past few years. And he'll, he'll tell you know, stories like, yeah, they'll call me and they'll complain about their job. And he's like, wait a minute. Why are you complaining to me? You got a husband. Complain to him. <laughs> I ain't, I've heard your complaints for 20-something years. You complain to him. Tell me the good stuff. That's or they'll good. call him to come over and do something. He's like, you didn't, 
I've got a wife I do stuff for. I fix stuff around my house. You call your husband and let him do it. Now, if he wants me to help him teach him, I'll show him. But, you know, and I love it. I'm like, yes, it's exactly what, you know, keep pushing them back Mm -hmm. towards their spouse. You know, that's what we're to do as parents. If you, and if if you love them, you've got to let them go. And you, you, but so that you can be there as their cheerleader and they're maybe a mentor if they allow you. And I think, um, I think the thing is, is when our kids are little, our kids validate us and they mm-hmm. make us feel good. They make us feel important. Oh, mom, I can't tell them no. You know, and I think the same thing happens mm-hmm. when they're grown and they're adults. We feel validated when we still can be heard and, and give advice and parent. And that makes us feel like we still have purpose. Find your purpose in something else. Well, what we have to also understand is if we do this right, they will come to they us. They will. They will want to come to us. And um, I, I was reading in Titus chapter 2, it says it's talking about just teaching sound doctrine, but it talks to the, it t- addresses older women, older men and older women. And it said this in verse 3 Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so trained the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the young men to be self-controlled. So show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opportunity may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Mm. It's that. God, that's so good. Be a role model for your kids. Sound speech so that it can you can you it cannot be condemned. Mm-hmm. And it's so that. Good. So yourself in all, res- all respects to be a model of good. Of good. Yeah. Be a good role model. Show your children what it looks like to love God, love their spouse, love their children. You're a, if, if you do this right, you get to be a role model of wise behavior and and teaching them, and they want to follow your ways. They'll want to mm. do things the way you did it. They'll want to look at you and say, "Man, how how did you? How is your marriage so good with Daddy? Mm-hmm. I want a marriage like that." Mm-hmm. You will get to transfer from telling them how to do things to them coming to you and asking and, and having a friendship. Yes, I see. I see friends of mine with grown married kids, and these people did it right, and they're doing it right. And I see them hanging out with their kids. They're grown. Married kids, and, and I'm like, that looks so fun. And mm-hmm. they're like, it's a blast. Yep. They said it's the best season of being a parent. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that if you're continually to parent and you're butting in and mm-hmm. you're pushing and, and you know, do it right and you'll get to enjoy a great friendship. And I think that's the key to it when, when you're not in that season. Maybe you're going, I've listened to this whole thing. I'm not a newlywed and I don't have grown kids. I'm in the thick of it. I'm in the You're weeds. where we are. 10, yes. 12. I've got elementary school kids or I've got, you know, middle school or where we are. And you're like, that's a long ways off. Really, it's not. No. Because what you do now lays the foundation for what that's going to look like later. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a parent, you know, it was a cup of coffee. Your kids were born yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it flies and that's. That's the one um, consistent truth of being a parent is that it goes fast. I think we we went through, it took us a long time before our children got here. And in that process, God began to show us, these are not yours. No. They are mine. I am giving them to you for a season. And it's hard to remember, but 
They're not ours. We get this short season of their lives to steward them, to, Scripture says, to train up a child in the way they should go, To that we're called to instruct them and discipline them. And if we do that right, they become a godly man or woman who we can let go of. They're not ours anyway, but we have to steward them through their whole lives in a way knowing we're training them to be able to let them go. And I want to be that mom and you want to be that dad that breathes life into them instead of sucking it out. Mm -hmm. We want to breathe life into them through their life and especially learn how to let them go so that they have a healthy marriage. That's good. That's good. Uh, And in a few years, we're going to come back and we're going to listen to this podcast yes. when our kids are at that place yes. and remind ourselves that. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for listening today, guys. Listen, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, uh, you can follow us. It's just The Marriage Adventure. And uh, give us a like. Give us a share when you find this podcast, when you listen to this podcast. Share it with all your friends. Man, that's a great way you can support us. You can go to uh, Amazon or Walmart.com or Barnes & Noble, and you can find The Marriage Adventure book in, uh, in Bible study. Thanks so much again. Catch you next time.